All right, so uh, these three men are sitting on a beach in Jamaica, I guess, uh, talking about how they all ended up there in the first place, right? So the first man says, well, I ran a superstore out of California, but business got bad. So one day uh, there was a bad fire and I collected the insurance money and, and I moved out here. The next man says, yeah, well, I had a similar story. I, I had a jewelry store in the Midwest, but business went downhill and we were robbed. So I collected the insurance and I moved out here. And the first guy, the final guy says, well, I had a little fishery on the East Coast. So one day a hurricane hit and I collected the insurance money. I had nothing left but the money, so I moved out here. The other two men looked confused for a while and then asked him, how in the world did you start a hurricane? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's good, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I like that one. I I don't know how I'm going to bring this into the podcast, but darn it, I like it. Who cares? It's a good joke. <laughs> it's no, a we good can joke. Talk about something else. No, it's a, it, it's no. Actually, you know what I like about it is that it's about how people that their assumptions going in, and they can't view the world. It, it, it didn't didn't dawn on, on the other two men that it might have been a real hurricane, right? It's like it, insurance proceeds can only derive out of cheating the insurance company. And fraud. That's, right, and fraud. If it's not so, fraud, it yeah. doesn't exist. So this is their understanding, and this is the way they work things out. Um, but, but it kind of dovetails a little bit into what we're going to talk about, which is you know, reality versus unreality, if you want to call it that way. And there's a, there's a story out of California, no less, uh, where... The uh, state legislature has recently passed a law that says that, uh, and Governor Brown signed it, that children who are engaged in prostitution are not to be arrested, okay? Now, the headline says uh, child prostitution is legal, which is a little bit misleading, which makes it look as if somehow, or you could, you could read it somehow as saying, well, gosh, that means that um, we're encouraging child prostitution. No. You know, like thumbs up with child prostitution. It, that's not what it's saying. It, the, the law is saying that if you are younger than 18, you're not going to be arrested. Okay, because the theory being, I suppose, that they're not doing things of their own free will in the same way. They should not be sent to juvie, um, and, and maybe they should be wards of the state, uh, of the court, in, in fact, maybe sent to a foster home and such. But the law, and I read this law, it's not, it doesn't actually say that in every circumstance, instead of being arrested, they'll be put into the court ward system or a foster home or what have you. It doesn't say anything of the sort. It simply says you ain't going to be arrested. Under certain circumstances, depending on the, the moment, a cop can um, escort a, a young prostitute away into safety. But, and I suppose those circumstances are that, that the child is under extreme danger or that it's obvious that the child is being manipulated in a horrific way. So, for example, uh, God forbid, you know, you see an, an eight-year-old boy and he's out in the street, um, you're not, gonna, not only are you not going to arrest him, but you might take him you know, away quickly because he's obviously going to be you know, in, in horribly raped, okay, maybe even gang raped. So that's what they're talking about by pulling the child away. But in most circumstances where the child is, let's say, 16 or 17, they're not going to do anything with this child. So here's the, 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 the big picture that we want to talk about, which is, yet again, another law that feels good for the liberal California legislature and the liberal governor that we have, 
but that might have some consequences. Can we explore those consequences today, you and I, Ari, about what this might mean? Us explore consequences? Oh, I don't know. I know it's that. the first time we've ever done such a thing. This is new. Uh, <laughs> How do we do that? Unchartered territory here. <laughs> All right. So the consequences. Because, are, because you know everything the government does always works out perfectly. Right. It works out exactly as they intended to do. Right. Minimum wage, affirmative action, the Affordable Care Act. I love that one. That's my favorite one. Right. Well, it must be it must be uh, offering affordable health care for a change because it says so right there in the title. Never mind the 2,700 other pages that might suggest otherwise that will otherwise blow up and actually make it much more unaffordable. But that's another story. So consequences, my friends, right? So Affordable Care Act, we, we gave it was so easy when when it first came out to light. Uh, we, we did our podcasts, uh, I think, around 2012 or so. That's when we yeah, started. Yeah, we did several. And just rattling off some names, there's the slow motion train wreck one. Right, the, right. Which is a classic. I mean, you were, you were on fire. That was, that that was good. I must say that was pretty good. <laughs> anyway, and, and it is. And, and we conservatives, I mean, it's, it's kind of like The Matrix, right? Uh, you've, seen that, you've seen that movie, right? And they're able to dodge these bullets in you know, graceful and fantastic ways. And they never got shot. Why? Because they are outside of the worldly realm, and they now have an ability to see things coming at them much faster. So they, they, they dodge these bullets in easy ways while being able to blow up the bad guys, and they can jump over buildings and things like this. Yeah, they live by a different a law. It's a different of dimension. Of physics right. Right. than the people in this matrix. Right. Thus, right. they have mastery over it. Right. They're, the liberals are in the matrix. Right. Right. So they're, 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 we're outside of the matrix. Right. I think that's the appropriate yes. analogy, right? So the, the matrix has these crazy, funny rules, and you don't realize what the reality really is, what's going on. We see that reality. And that slow-moving train that we're talking about is exactly like that, right? We see what's going to happen. It just you know, a mile away, the, the train is going to crash and because it has no brakes. And you see all the passengers you know, looking out the window very happily and enjoying the breeze as, as they're going by. And one child is, is licking a lollipop and dancing in the aisles, and another one is reading a newspaper, you know, totally oblivious to what's about to, to happen to them. We, however, since we're outside of the matrix, we see this and say, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. And it's a slow-moving train. They don't realize it. We see it. Thank you very much. Okay? And that's the way it was with the Affordable Care Act, uh, sometimes known as the Obamacare Act, and that, that uh, we, we said, this slow-moving train is so obvious. It, you, you cannot possibly hope to reduce fraud, reduce costs, and otherwise be more efficient and have greater coverage. We, we are going to beat capitalism at its own game somehow. We're going to show you how the public arena is, is better than capitalism. That was the notion. And that's when, when you and I know that that was, you know, there's no free lunch. This, this would be the first time in history that this would ever happen. And we're saying this is a slow-moving train, and, and, and everyone's going to crash. And here we are in 2017, and it didn't happen. It, it happened much earlier. 2013, they started having premiums rise beyond belief. 2013, they, they started being unable to choose their doctors or their plans. And the lies all started kind of unraveling at that point. And, um, and basically, your coverage was like having... If you, if you felt like you had a lot of coverage, it was all on paper, of course, uh, but when you actually came to use it, they would say, this ain't worth nothing, right? Kind of like having 
uh, it's like kind of like having a million dollars in Monopoly money and thinking that you're rich. Yeah, it's like having a brokerage <laughs> account with Barry Madoff, uh, Bernie, Bernie Madoff, Madoff and yeah. saying, uh, I want to sell my stocks now, count my money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well. <laughs> but more like the Monopoly money, right? right. I mean, you you it's know, fake. like you, you think you've got a million dollars. It says so right there on the paper, yeah. right? With the, the nice old man with the, the funny hat and the derby, right? I mean, it looks a little... You know, childish, but nevertheless, it's a million dollars. And I'm going to use this for crying out loud. And then you're so surprised that the storekeeper says, he laughs at you and, and kicks you out the, the store. Well, that's what happened with, with Obamacare. People wanted to use their the services because their paper said so, only to find out that, uh, you know, we don't really feel like treating that. Thank you. Have a nice day. And that's that's that was their approach. And now here we are with yet another law that has come down, and they believe that this will do good. Okay, and, and the good is that the children will not be, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, chastised or stigmatized, um, and, and they won't be forced into prostitution, and, and they, they won't be arrested. They'll be, so that's cool, right? Now, Ari, what do you think might be the consequences of such a law? Uh, and and, and uh, before you answer the question, Will this improve? <laughs> we always do this, right? Will this improve the plight of child yeah, prostitutes? This is the matrix part we would do right, with right, magic here. Right. Yeah. Will this render things about the same or make it worse? Well, common show your work. Common <laughs> by sense the way. dictates. Okay. Here's my common core math work. Common core. Uh, common sense dictates that when you encourage something there's a very highly likelihood that you will get more of it. I don't understand. What are you saying, R.A. David? Okay. Please explain this, this bizarre phenomenon. If because you, it's on paper, it says exactly the opposite. Yeah, if you have a cigarette smoker and you come up to him and you say, I'm going to pay you a dollar for every cigarette you smoke, you're going to get him to smoke more cigarettes. Right. More than he would have smoked. Right. That's right. So it's the same way. If you reward the behavior of prostitution, no matter who's prostituting, and I, I loved when you said, and the policeman will escort the prostitute away when you just left that sitting out there. I know. It's, it's, escort the escort away. I know, yeah. It's a big <laughs> muscle ball, wasn't it? I, uh, but, I heard it myself yeah, when I was saying it. Uh, but also, considering the inefficiencies and the incompetence of government, do you really think that by passing a law, a set of words, just like Obamacare, that it will immediately lead like a magical Hansel and Gretel breadcrumb right to the pimps. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and of the course. ringleaders. Are they, is it like a movie where the ringleader is st standing right behind there, totally, if you will, pimped out in pimped clothes, standing five feet behind the prostitute going... Yo, give me my money. <laughs> and so when the police sidle up and they see the prostitute, uh, well, we're not going to arrest you. Point out your pimp. He's over there. Sir, you're coming with me. Right, as if that'll happen. Right, as right. if that, it just works that yeah. way. Now, of course, what, what's, what's going to happen Of course, is it's so simple and it's so basic, but, but people, liberals engage in two-dimensional thinking at best. Three-dimensional, way too hard. What do you mean by thinking? I'm just <laughs> All right. confused. No, I don't want to be too yes, insulting. Okay. But, but, but to not understand the consequences of this, it, it's so childish. And, it, and childish not only within this law, but also that they didn't learn from their mistakes in previous laws, right? So, for example, 
if you have, uh, if you allow this sort of behavior to happen, that in this case, underage children having, uh, being prostitutes, what do you think that the pimps will, will, how will they perceive young children? They'll say, fantastic, my, my, this is my commodity. This is a much safer commodity for, for me to use out in the streets than anybody who's over 18. As soon as they're 18, I'll stop using them. Yeah. Well, but of course, they're now free to enter the adult film business and do it legit. <laughs> right? I, I understand. But, that, joke, but, but, but you're but, absolutely right. They will focus entirely on the other under 18. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, they, because once, if they're 18 or 19, let's say a 19-year-old woman, she is now, uh, you know, she's 19 and she looks 19 and, and the cops say, okay, lady, you're a prostitute. You're coming with us. You're, you're arrested. You're under arrest. To take her away. Okay, well, now they've just lost her commodity, at least until she gets released again. But she won't be released for two days, two, three days, whatever, bail and such like that. But, but for their child, the young child, who's not going to be arrested, well, he remains there. And turning tricks as often as he or she, uh, or as, as often as the pimp requires of them. May I also use a little bit more common sense? Now, I don't want to wear out my welcome with this, but just hear me out here. The way criminal police relationships generally work is someone is arrested, and they're usually given a choice. Name names or face the law, right? right? So one of the ways you find the pimps is by arresting the escort and saying, okay, who do you work for? Right. If you tell us who you work for, you go free because we want to know who you work for. If you don't arrest them, period, you'll never have any leverage on them to find out who they work for. And you'll never find who they work for, who are the real criminals they purport to say they want to arrest. Here's the flaw. In, but is in that, that a good point? No, it's a good point. But you could use that same point for somebody who is over 18 also, right? You could stop a prostitute, that 19-year-old girl uh, that we're talking about. And say, okay, lady, uh, we're going to arrest you, or you can tell us who your pimp is. Same thing, right? So why doesn't it happen all the time? Because cops have only so many resources, and it just doesn't work that way. What they do is they, they line up and down the streets and, and collect the, the obvious prostitutes that they see, and, and then they go home. They're not in the, in the business of investigating who the pimp is and everything else, unless the pimp is, is clearly just right out there hustling with that girl. That's the way it works. And, and it, what, what's breathtaking about this, about this new law, that is, is that they didn't bother to ask the police about how this would actually play out in enforcement. Oh, why would they ever right? do that? Well, but, yeah. but, but, but you're right. In that sense, they're, they're very consistent. They would never do that because just in the same way, they didn't bother asking business people uh, about the minimum wage. Yeah, or the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. Or how would it be? Yeah. How would it affect your business, sir? Uh, I see that you own this, uh, you know, toy store. How would it affect your business and your employees if we raised the uh, minimum wage to say, I don't know, fifteen dollars an hour? And right now it's eight fifty or something in California. And he would say, please don't do that. That would be devastating to my business. I would have to fire at least one of my employees, at least, probably two of my four. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and but th they don't ask those questions. That's right. They just they, they go to some sort of nondescript usually liberal organization, uh, to do a study. And the study says, we find that the, the impact of this minimum wage would be minimal. It would have some impact, but well, worth the cost. Really? How did you do that? Did, did, you, call, did you call anybody? 
Of course they didn't. I don't receive surveys no. about business. Wait, well, right. Hang on. I don't receive any surveys, or, and nobody comes to my door and, and says, as a businessman, um, I have a law firm. I employ eight people. And, and, and say to me, how would such and such law impact your decision-making uh, to go forward as a business, or would it impact your business, generally speaking? How? No one's ever asked that to me, ever, in the... Uh, now we're in our thirteenth year of just being our solo practice, uh, you know, our small practice that I've that I started as a solo practice. Uh, no one asked that of of my previous firms. Yeah, but Ever. see, the, Tom Sowell, the great columnist who retired this year, tragic year. They talk about all the celebrity deaths when no <laughs> one talks about the retirements of Vince Scully and Tom Sowell. I know, but I digress. But. Uh, Tom Sowell will always say, but the, see, the study wasn't done with the idea of being good for business or employment. The study was done by politicians interested in getting reelected uh, by bigger groups of people. And the underpaid who want to be paid $15 an hour is a bigger group of people than the industrious people who start businesses who would have to pay them. That's exactly right. Uh, exactly right. Uh, it does not matter to them whether it actually helps business or otherwise, whatever the law might be, when it, when it affects a business law. When it affects a social issue like this, where underage prostitutes are in play, then, then they also don't care. What they, what they care about mostly is, does it feel good? And does it sound good? And does it, because it begs the question, why wasn't it like this before? Right? Why, why didn't they think of this brilliant idea Throughout all this great nation of ours, why are we, you know, promoting this for the first time? Could it be that there was a reason why we, we also arrested young prostitutes just as much as we did older prostitutes? We would put them in juvie instead of, uh, you know, regular jail, but nevertheless, we arrested them. Could it be that there was a reason? Could it be that the very reason is that uh, it would only promote more in the sex trade, right? Especially among underage children. So they're just going to be importing more and more kids, looking more for, for an opportunity to engage in prostitution. You will get more of it, not less of it, more of it. Yeah, and also, the very word that you said is, is very interesting. Liberals have taken this word, arrest, and equated it with receive the death penalty. Oh, yeah, they I don't see. understand the very concept of arrest. The very concept of arrest is essentially on the street. The police put someone in, in arrest... Right. To arrest the behavior that's happening in the moment. It means to stop. To stop it yep. immediately. And to take the person to what is, by logical design, considered a, I'm going to use this word here, right. so don't, don't lose me here, a safe space <laughs> called the police station. And it's a safe space because the police station is a place where theoretically crime does not happen. Now, I'm not talking about what the, you know, not taking into account corruption and all the other things that happen in the real world, but mm -hmm. it, you know, they, they forget that there are some steps between arrest, incarceration, or conviction, incarceration, and the death penalty. And that arrest is just the most basic thing to stop something in the moment. And it, it doesn't, I know it can be scary. Yeah, but no, it's I, it's really. Not I understand, that big of a but here deal. here's here's what here's what the the major problem is, and this, then I want to go to other things because it's so emblematic. What this prostitution legalizing underage prostitution is essentially what it is. I mean, the, the title is correct in many ways because that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot more of it. So let's say 
God forbid, you're, uh, you know, one of these pimps and you have absolutely zero morality, okay? And, you know, I, I don't think that many pimps have a lot of morality anyway to begin with. But let's say you have, you're, you're a pimp and you're absolute zero morality. There are many of them out there. And they know that now uh, they can, uh, you know, put their young, very young prostitutes out in the street and there won't be an issue for that. They, they're going to be incentivized to kidnap kids from here and also to import them from abroad. Of course. Of course they will, whether it's from Thailand or Vietnam or China or wherever it is. Import them. They're on the street and they, they won't be arrested, And at which point they will find out that these, these kids are actually kids that, that have been so, you know, stolen in, 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 the, in the slave trade. Now they're allowed to just stay in the, say, um, in the street and they'll have an you know, invisible leash with the pimp because they won't be arrested. Like you said, being arrested cuts that cord between the pimp and the prostitute, at least for a day or two. And maybe you might be able to get them out of circulation. Yeah, I believe I believe do-gooders in society many times call that breaking the cycle, right. which is a good thing in this case. It's a very yeah, good thing. That, that's the reason why we do it. It's not because they're bad per se. It's because, you see, this is the way the liberal mind thinks. They think, oh, you're you're demonizing these children for doing this. And, and no, what, what, what? You know, that's a craziness. The whole notion, the whole way they think about that is not about demonizing. It's not. It's about cutting the cycle and discouraging behavior like this. You're going to get more of it now. Okay? And, and it'll take a little bit of time to filter into the system, and eventually you'll see it. But it, it won't be reported in some big study, right? It, what was reported was this law that suddenly got passed because that was a big monumental moment with a stroke of a pen, just like Obamacare was passed with a big stroke of a pen. But you don't see the slow degradation of Obamacare and the whole medical industry. It, there's not a, one big moment where you're going to have a big test and see whether or not Ob- Obamacare works. No, you have to have, get reports from all over the country with people who have different political agendas. But by and large, it's a disaster. Right. Okay, but you can't just, you know, you can't prove it. How do you prove that? Right, over and over right. Again. And then this organization that layers on top of government called yeah. media will then report, like you said, this big pat on the back moment about how how visionary these Democrats are for legalizing this. For and, and right. then and then, like you're saying, when the reports come in that's bad, then the media will suddenly be AWOL. That's they right. won't report anything, and then they'll poo-poo anyone who says and the same thing there's will a problem happen. here. The same thing will happen with this prostitution stuff, the underage prostitution. That's right. We're going to be seeing reports and saying, look, there's a lot more kids out there in the street for some crazy reason. We don't know why, but by golly, they are. And then we'll say, could it be it was because of this law that now the police are not enforcing it as against little children? Oh, no, that has nothing to do with it, they'll say. And, of course, it'll be over time, and, and you can't, like, show, like, see? You know, putting a big placard in front of them and saying, "See how you how you lost on this argument, you foolish liberals." No, it won't be like that. Yeah, and the media, un- un- unfortunately, right. And the same thing is true with with minimum wage. They pass a law, it makes them feel they're really really great, and then you have to say, "Okay, well, this this business lost, uh, you know, twelve uh, employees. That that business lost twenty employees. That business lost five hundred employees, and it's all because of minimum wage." And and they'll say in response, "No, no, no, it was the economy." Or they got a better deal somewhere else, or they're more efficient for some reason. Yeah, but it, but they'll never allow you to make that causal connection because, right. frankly, they never saw it in the first place. 
Exactly. Right? <clears throat> and then, of course, they will demonize and hate monger upon all those who do point it out right. and say, oh, you just hate children. Right. You know, and, and ironically, you know, the same people who say you hate women because you don't want them to have abortions. Oh, yes, there or you, you go. want you hate children because you want to ban abortion. I mean, <laughs> I think there's a disconnect there. You must hate these children because you want them arrested. No, we don't want them exploited. Right. Exactly right. It's consequences of which we speak. Right. <clears throat> and, and it's not just consequences. Well, affirmative action is another example. We, we always bring that up. The, the, the devastating impact of affirmative action that, that no one bothered to ask uh, employers or you know, they, they criminalized employers. You know, just by being a, an employer, you're now the bad guy and you're the one who's causing all race problems in the world. Right. right? They're an immediate perp. Right. Instant so you, perp. That's right. You, you were guilty until proven in, innocent, whatever you want to say about that person, not realizing that it actually actually creates more racism because you are by... by by necessity, engaging in racism. It's as simple as that. Uh, and then the war on poverty, for example. They, they, they said, okay, we'll, we'll spend a lot of money. Never once asking themselves what might be the consequences of this. And now the war, and again, just the point that we made before, which is there's no great moment where you finally put the test of the war on poverty uh, you know, right there in, in front of you and say, uh, well, here are the results. You know, it, it's not like that. Yeah, can we look at the scorecard now? No, 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 we're still, we're still working on it. That's right. It. It's, 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 it's far worse than ever imagined. The war in poverty, the, the poverty rates are just as bad, if not worse, than when the war in poverty supposedly started. And we're looking at so many trillions of dollars. I, I think it's something like $16 trillion. Twenty. Twenty-three. Okay. I think was the last. Yeah, uh, that that are are directly attributable to the so-called war on poverty, and then you have to okay. Well, there's our investment. Let's see what the return was. And oh, it's nothing. Oh, let's keep on plowing more money into it. Right. Well, why didn't they just split up that twenty-two trillion among the poor and give them a cut? Right. And we're looking <laughs> they at who have not been poor at that point. The war on poverty started about fifty years ago, a little bit more than fifty years ago, and and there's really nothing to show for it. That's the and they don't even. They don't even try. I'll give them that credit. The Democrats won't say, and we started the war on poverty, and look at how good we are now, right? They will take credit for things that they shouldn't take credit for, like the ozone layer. I love that one, right? We uh, banned a bunch of these, and look, now the ozone layer is is all healed up. Right. We did it. And now we have to do on climate change, of course. But anyway, so don't even get me started on climate change. We won't even get to that. But what about other consequences? Like the Iranian deal, right? The, the consequences of, um, of the way that the presidency deals with Israel, generally speaking, the way the world and the press deal with Israel, not thinking for a moment what, what this would, would mean if we treated all of our allies like this. You know, with, with, with friends like this, you know, this is what Israel's thinking, with, with friends like this, who needs enemies, right? We, um, but the, the, the Iranian deal was so... Even if it works perfectly, even if, even if it works uh, exactly according to plan as Obama and Kerry wanted it to work, well, that means that they're allowed to, to engage in nuclear pro proliferation to their heart's delight in eight years from now. So why is that a good deal? I mean, in fact, they'll do it with legitimacy. Had we had no deal whatsoever, they wouldn't be able to point to a deal and say, we're now authorized by law, by this treaty, by this deal that you made, America— and, and now we're just, you know, we waited our eight years. Thank you very much. How dare you tell us not to do it again? Yeah, let's be incredibly blunt towards Obama here. But he will literally have a legacy 
where he'll be able to turn around and tell us someday, as a somewhat wisened older man, not that he'll ever be any wiser, right. um, you know that nuclear bomb Iran has now that's threatening half the world? Right. Well, they would have had it eight years sooner if it wasn't for me. Right. Well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> Here's what he was actually planning. And I want you to do the math because it's actually fairly simple. He was convinced that Clinton would win the That's election. Right. Okay. Eight years after right. her true terms. Right. Yeah. So hang on. So she would conclude her her presidency. There was no way that a Republican would not be in the house, in the White House after her two terms, which would be after, what, 16 years, because that's how they think about themselves. They think they would actually have the White House for 16 years. But, you know, realistically, they would not have it after the so-called fourth Obama term. And, uh, and then the, the, the Iranians would have the bomb, and then they get to say, oh, look, the, the, you know, the Iranians got the bomb under the Republicans' watch. Exactly. Can you believe it? Yes. They felt so emboldened that they now have the bomb. And they did not have the bomb when we were in the White House, thank you very much. And you're safer with us, the Democrats. That's right. And and furthermore, there are see, few, that was the only calculation. Yes. The only calculation they ever the consequences they ever did think about. Right. But just, nothing else. Just like the minimum wage calculation. It only had to be about reelecting and political gamesmanship. Same with all these fake nuke stories or starting a war with Russia right now so they could just put it in Trump's lap. Right. See, he started that war with Russia. And the, you're so right. It, and their argument, it's it's quite brilliant. It would be See, a Republican got elected, and now the Iranians feel threatened. Thus, they need it yeah. to protect yeah. themselves from them. Oh, I see. How they feel threatened yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And, and can I? Can we go back to the um, child uh, uh, prostitution sort for one uh, sort of um, retread of golden favorites on this show, which are we've talked before about what that line is, how there isn't that line, starting with gay marriage, redefinitions of marriage, animals, same sex, multiple people, and we've talked before about how one of the ultimate goals is to lead to the legitimacy of child molestation. Well, no one is saying this until maybe I just thought of it now, but hasn't occurred to anyone that in general the Johns who are utilizing the underage uh, prostitutes are above age themselves. Thus, every act of, uh, let's just say, activity when these um, prostitutes are utilized is actually an act of child molestation as well as prostitution. And now that you're removing one of the barriers of arresting the behavior, you're in effect by default. Encouraging it. It will not just encourage you, but legalizing and encouraging yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's bet true. To move it one step closer right. to total legitimacy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I guess, yeah. look, I, I can't uh, disagree with you about this. The, uh, the perverted uh, notion of uh, pedophilia is now going to be... Uh, uh, what's a disregarded with a blind eye because, uh, you know, the child himself is not or herself is not going to be arrested or not going to be, you know, taken away from the, the, the act of uh, the sex trade. And so um, anybody, any John who is going to be doing this is going to feel like, OK, well, now now it's fair game. Right. Let me add one other layer of logic to show how crystal this is. Uh, prostitution in California is illegal, right? Yes, it is. Except in one circumstance. Do you know how you make it legal immediately? Pornog uh, pornography. Right. You film yeah. it. Yeah. We've talked about this right, before. Yeah. Right. We've talked about this before. So now we have a situation in which pedophilia is illegal. Unless you do one thing. Mm -hmm. Pay for it. Oh, God forbid. But you understand I that's know, what they've I done. It's just, I, I, they're, they're, yes. It's, it's a very crazy uh, thing. And I, I think it's going to be 
to California's great shame if they ever figure it out. Uh, but, you know, they, they never do figure it out. Look, look what happened, for example, with the mental health institutions when they released all the mental health patients, right? And, uh, and, and the theory back then, very similar. Now that I think about it, it's very similar to, to what's happening with this child um, uh, prostitution issue, which is let's release them all because... The mental institution as well were imprisoning these mental patients, and wouldn't they be just be better off by being out in the streets? And that way, they'll they'll heal naturally somehow. That was that was the theory, right? <laughs> and and did they ever? Did, oh, wow! Right? Did they ever have a, a a coming to Jesus moment where they said, you know what, we were really effed up on that. We really screwed up on that. No, they, they they never say they're sorry for it. They never said, boy, we were really wrong about that. They they quickly find somebody else to blame. That, that, that they're very good at. Yeah, Reagan, Republicans. Right. Yeah, you, Republicans, it's because Reagan, you, didn't fund, uh, you didn't fund enough uh, homeless right. shelters or whatever it is. Uh, and that's the reason why we have so, much, so many homeless right now. And that's why they're so dangerous or what have you. And the same thing is going to happen now with this child, child prostitution stuff. God forbid that, that this uh, law kind of now uh, other, other states pick up on this law and do the, something similar. God forbid. Because it, it will be exactly like you say. It's going to be uh, child prostitution will suddenly be uh, the norm. It'll be an acceptable form of prostitution. And, and, it, and it, even if they don't do it, Ari, then, then California will become, for child prostitution, what Las Vegas is to pros, uh, gambling. gambling. Right. Right? Every, it's the go-to place. Every child molester who wants to seek legitimacy will right. know they can operate that right. much freer. Right. In our state. And think about how, well, that doesn't really make our neighborhoods or schools that safe now, right. does it? Right. So, so here's, here's, uh, here's what the, our liberal friends are thinking now as they're listening to the show. And please email us if you disagree with this, and I'm sure you do. But I can tell you what they're thinking because I used to be one of them. They say, oh, my gosh, you are so going into the nether netherland of, of the parade of horribles, Ari and Baraki, you, you, know, you, just, you just don't know what you're talking about. Basket of deplorables. Yeah, but, well, that too. Yeah. Uh, but you're, gonna go, you're going into this terrible parade of horribles, and it's just ridiculous. It just never turns out that way. To which we say, yes, it has, and it has every single every time. Every time, yes. Uh, it, it was true with uh, Social Security. It was true with affirmative action. It was true. It is going to be true with minimum wage because it's the shock to the system is so extraordinary. Uh, it's it, it's true with the war in poverty. It was true with Obamacare. It, uh, almost everything that you could. Uh, it was true with the legalizing of abortion. You got much more abortion, right? Um, it, it's true when you. Um, uh, you, you take away marriage as a, as a principal structure, a, a pillar of society. You get much more loose sex, a lot more promisc- promiscuity, uh, and therefore much more disease as a, as, a, as a process. Yeah, it was true when they added sex education as a mandatory component of public education. Right, right. It, it, much more sex that they were trying to supposedly prevent. Right. Well, I mean, look, you can, we can argue if it's done right, then, then something, something can be said for it. But nevertheless, they have an agenda in this whole process with the transgender issues now, especially now, and um, the, the gay marriage business and everything else. It's, it's just it, people think that somehow you can open up the floodgates of marriage, for example, and that nothing, there'll be no impact on the institution of marriage. Okay? It, it, they don't get that. Um, it's, it's like, uh, you know, the, I, I love this, uh, movie, the Incredibles. Did you see this movie? I didn't see that one. Okay. There's a, 
The Incredibles are these superhuman um, uh, family, right? And they all have their special talents. And um, there's one. There's a bad guy there, and he's a, a, a genius, a brilliant genius who is not a superhero himself, but he has the ability to make all these incredible gizmos and such. And he wants to release it to all the world. And then he says, well, I want to... He says, uh, and why do you want to do that? Because I want everyone to have the same superhuman powers that you do, he says. And why is that? Because I want to make everyone special. Why is that? Because when everyone's special, nobody is. Okay? And that's, that's exactly what we're seeing here. When, when anyone can get married... Um, and, and, and to as many people as you like, and that will happen, of course, as we've predicted. And to anything that you want, or, or whatever it is, because you know you're not harm, harming anybody, right? By marrying your dog, are you are you harming anybody? I know that sounds ridiculous, but the question is not really whether it sounds ridiculous. The question is, are you harming anybody? And if that's the case, then the liberals are, are always all for it. What do, you, what do you care? How does that impact your marriage? You know, I'm, I'm married to my dog. You're married to a, a beautiful woman. What's, who cares, right? And so you would say, well, yeah, I guess it doesn't really impact my marriage. And I guess it doesn't hurt me. It hurts society, you know, generally speaking, because it undergirds the whole institution of marriage. But other than that, I guess it's okay, right? And this is the dilution of, of the, the, the specialness of our society. That's how it's all, they, they just don't figure out the consequences of it. Well, um, and uh, that's another thing about it is, it's funny, uh, one of my neighbors, just in passing, I said mm-hmm. something uh, along those lines. Yeah. And he goes, well, how does it affect your marriage? And I looked at him and I said, because it degrades the culture my children who are a product of my marriage are going to live in. Right. And well, he was left stunned. Speeches. Yeah. Because I answered the question correctly, honestly, truthfully in a way that struck his reasonable nerve because he had never heard that answer before, well, the, given with that kind of the, the easier answer to that is to say, okay, how does polygamy affect your marriage? Okay, how does incest affect your marriage? How does child molestation in yeah. your local school right. affect your marriage? Yeah. Well, it does. It okay. does, and it does. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a nonsensical thing. That they, it's all about consequences, and here, here we have yet another liberal agenda that they'll that they'll never be able to. It won't be. We won't have a glorious day like uh, like the end of World War II, right? Sounding uh, on the the USS Missouri, I think it was. Right. With or that the Japanese big kiss in Times Square, victory. Mm, yeah, you it, know. it just ain't gonna happen. It's not like that. Okay, there's no yeah. signing of a piece of paper where we now acknowledge that the conservatives were right, liberals were wrong. Let's move on to the next thing and hope we get a better, you know, hope we get it right next time. So we okay. can finally have those conversations we're supposed to have as in our past right, episode. Right. <laughs> right. But, but to, for those of you who think that Ari and I are going too far, that this notion that somehow this will lead to this parade of horribles and there'll be more child prostitution and California will become the, the, the Nevada of uh, child prostitution to use that, that comparison, that, that analogy before to, to gambling, to those of you who think that, that we're being, going too far and it's too ridiculous and I'll never get that way, I ask you, look at everything else you've ever seen, okay, that you've ever proposed, and tell me how it didn't go exactly like we said it would, whether that's minimum wage, whether that's affirmative action, whether that's school unions, uh, and whether that's the war in poverty, whether it's Social Security, 
you you name it. All your liberal policies, they and welfare the way you the way you thought and when it came to welfare, they're the ones with the parade of horribles, right? But you were wrong. Not only were you wrong, but your your wrongness, your wrongfulness, I guess I should say, led to devastating consequences. It was it was bad, right? From the, the mental health patients we just talked about to to losing the economy with the, the, the fifteen dollar an hour uh, wage. You, you really think that's going to work? Yeah, and you, you, you don't realize the devastation that it will create, and you have no idea. And then, and will you be responsible? Will you say, gosh, we were wrong? I doubt it. But we've shown it to you. You cannot argue with us about this. And, and the stimulus didn't work, right? I mean, it, the whole way that you treated the, 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 um, uh, the Muslim world and, <clears throat> and dealt with them and, and um, apologized for America and all its actions in the past, you thought that that would work, not realizing that bad people love it when you apologize to them. They, they see you as weak, and that's the time that they attack you the most. You just don't get it. This is, you know, we are living beyond, we are living beyond the present. <clears throat> we learn from the, the past, and we learn into the future. And the further ba- back in the past you study, the more in the future you can look forward to. That's the way it is. But, but liberals, as always, they live right here in the now. Right now. And that's it. And that's all that matters. That's why they, they're impressed with headlines like that child prostitution is, is going to be okay, meaning not arrested, right? <clears throat> but they, they nuance the language, right, that, that, well, are you saying that child prostitution is legal and somehow that California's okay with it? As if that's, and the answer is yes, I am saying that. I'm saying exactly that. But they're all about nuancing the language. That doesn't matter to the young child prostitute. You're just going to get more of them. That doesn't matter to the, to the child molester who's going to come over here. He doesn't care whether California considers this an opening of child prostitution or being nice to child prostitutes. He doesn't care. The effect is he gets to sleep with a child now, and that's horrific. Right. And, you, and you can make yourself feel good that somehow you're making, you're making children prostitutes feel safe for themselves somehow. I don't get that. Right. They fail to see that people behave down the path of least resistance regardless Right. And they don't, while going down the path of least resistance, ask themselves some existential question of, <clears throat> what does this mean? Right. What is, <clears throat> what is this like? How does this affect others? No, they just go, there, over there is what I want, and I can get it now. Right. I'm going. Yeah, it's the party of now. Yeah. That's, like that's the all same way, if you and I wanted to go gambling right now, we drive three hours in that direction, and we gamble. Because right. there it is. Right. It's not the right decision. It's not good for us. We could do it and then not think about the fact that we have that we have wives, we have children who are dependent on us, uh, and that we have work that we need to do, and we got to get things done. So I guess you're saying no. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. We'll have to. I'll <laughs> right. take a ra- we'll take a rain check on that. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, but my point is, if the <clears throat> urge, that overwhelming urge, had grabbed us, that we know where it is by car to go to. Right. 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 But it's not a good decision, right? Yes. So. The, the, the party of now is like we just said. And I think that really describes, describes them so well. They, they just they get so excited and enthusiastic about it. But they, ne- they never ask the deeper questions beyond it. What does this mean? What might result from all this? Can there be negative consequences? Even that, even that question at all, let alone any consequence. Can there be consequences beyond the stated purpose? I, I think part of the reason why they, they so grab onto this is that they love government so much 
they, they infuse it with this nobility and it's in a sense of perfection. Yeah, that it's superpower. Right, superpower. Right? If they say it's going to reduce um, child pro- uh, prostitution, well, then it's going to reduce child prostitution. If the minimum wage is going to raise the living standards of, of all people, well, then it's going to raise the living standards of all people and, and nothing's going to change. Do you think. But, but wait, wait, wait. Oh. Hang on, hang on. Because yeah, sure. this is a really important part. The consequences study that we have, that our ability to, to first ask that question, it, I guess it's a gift. I thought, you know, not, not just to Brock Lurie, but just to the sensible person, to the conservative. We conservatives have that gift where we ask, what are the consequences? And we don't necessarily just imbibe the Kool-Aid and say, well, whatever they say, it sounds good to us, you know. I mean, it, it, would, you, would you do this with anybody who, who came to you and... I mean, do you answer all your emails and not be suspicious at least by a few of them? Like the ones that say, would you like a bigger one, <laughs> right? And you say, oh, I'd like a bigger one, and you click that button. And then, of course, your, your whole computer is in- infected. Or how would you like to make 20% right now on, on your savings? You know, give us your, uh, bank, your bank account, account number yeah. and your social security number. Do you click on that? I hope not, right? I mean, but, but you're John Podesta does. Yeah, right. that's true. That's another story. <laughs> We want to keep this time timeless, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. But the point that they're doing the equivalent, not necessarily with their own bank accounts. I guess when it affects their own bank accounts, then they're a little bit more cynical. Then they're a little bit more, you know, with the, with at least one eyebrow up. But when it comes to civilization itself, they're they're okay as long as it doesn't affect them immediately. They can say, "Oops, <laughs> didn't realize there's going to be a lot more." You know, uh, child sex trade going on as a result of that. Right. Oops. Public public schools and that are controlled by teachers unions are just fine as long as their kids don't go there. Yeah. Oh, no problem. Good good example. And then they put their hand to their mouth, saying, "Oops, so sorry." <laughs> right. Right. And it's just okay. But but if it did affect them, they would then they would get very hot under the collar. Well, that, and it, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. There's there's and I and I know more than a couple of people. More than uh, a few people, clients uh, and some just good friends, they're fantastic in their ability to analyze real estate. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm in the business of real estate litigation and, and business partnerships and such, and I, this is what I do. And I really admire a lot of these guys. They're, they are so savvy. They'll be able to look at a property and they'll say, this is a great property to themselves. And they, sometimes they invite me to invest Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't, but they'll, they'll explain why. And they'll say, this is a 1999 property. It was just after rent control was abated. It doesn't apply to 19, properties that are after 1978 or whatever. And it's got this, and this is what the property, the demand is, the demand is changing here in this particular vicinity. And uh, there's, a, there's a new, um, the, the, the subway is coming by nearby, which will also boost up rents and stuff like that. And, and then it's... Uh, and, and this is an up-and-coming area, and the employment rate, they, they study it so deeply. And they look at the trends in the past because they're buying it from a previous uh, seller, and they just need to improve this, and the seller didn't realize that. And then that will amplify the profits and such like that. They're so good at this. They're masters at this. And yet, and yet, they'll tell you politically that they think the minimum wage is a great thing. It's fascinating how, how they can... They can compartmentalize their brain like this. They have this incredibly deep ability to analyze property and the value of something, right? And and see the future potential for 20 years hence. But when it comes to something so basic as minimum wage, that and, and, I, and I, I say, well, do you think that will have a consequence on the employers? I mean, I, I pretend, I mean, I, I, 
you know, they're, sometimes they're clients, sometimes they're just good friends. And I say, you know, that's really interesting. You like the minimum wage. Oh, yeah, the, the economy is just going to take off like this. And they use this hand gesture like it's an airplane. And I, and I, and I say, oh, that's so cool. Oh, that'd be great. Hey, why not, why not $100 an hour? You know, hell, if you really want to get the economy going, let's make it $200 an hour. And then they, they say, well, now you're being ridiculous. And then I say, why? Why, am I being, why isn't $15 ridiculous? You're, you're, that's virtually twice the minimum wage right now. Why would this not have an impact? Do you think that employers don't have an impact? And they go, no, I don't think they'll have an impact. Really? Have you talked to every employer and, and, and they said to you that they won't have an impact? Tell it to, tell it to the small mom and pop stores because I, I guarantee you it will have an impact. They will not. They're, most of them are on a razor-thin margins as it is. Perhaps an interesting question to posit to a real estate-minded person about this is rather than asking them about a minimum wage, ask them, well, don't you think there should be a maximum rent? Oh, for, for sure. A maximum rent. Uh, we talked about this before. We did say the maximum rent, right? Why not uh, maximum anything, right? Right. A, a car price should controls. Not, a, yeah, price controls. A, a car should not cost so much. But for some reason, they focus on employers, right, and, with, and their employees, Okay, as if but, they're, they're they're plantation owners and slaves. Yeah, I, I guess plantation. so. But that's what they're afraid of. Well, let's make price controls in all cars, okay? And uh, you, you know, we're we're gonna not let you sell that Hyundai for any more than ten thousand dollars, okay? Tax included, everything. Soup to nuts, it's ten thousand yeah, dollars out the door. Rolls Royce, Hyundai, same price. Right. And and do you think that will have an impact on the way they make these cars? Maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Oh, really? Have it you studied still this? Sell it rolls and Royce right, right on the thing. There. Nothing will change, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so frustrating. It's like, it, isn't it just frustrating? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think in in our podcast, if there's one sentiment that runs consistent throughout every one of our podcasts, is frustration. <laughs> right. It really, it's very. Anyway, but but we also make we make you and I make predictions. That's we're in the prediction game, right? And we talk about I don't know uh, Notre Dame going uh, Muslim, becoming a mosque rather, in uh, what what is now about twelve or eleven years hence, right? And we st- we hold by that, we hold by it, okay? And and we say, well, that's crazy or whatever it might be, but but it's not crazy to us. And the reason why is that we know human nature. We've studied human nature. We know how history works. We know um, the, uh, how economics works. We know about passion and the lack of passion. Those with passion always win over those who don't have passion. Yeah, we know, how, we know the history of conquest. Right. And we know that conquests don't always come in the form of an army marching forward saying, we will conquer you. We right, will right. conquer you. Here we come. Sometimes they just slide in under the radar. Right. You know, becoming welfare queens right. and multiplying. Yeah, the next thing you know, your country, you have a de facto Muslim country. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, you might be okay with that. I think, I think, frankly, Europe is okay with that. They just they don't even know why. They're, they would not be okay with that. They, they've given up their uh, interest in religion a long time ago. So that you're going you're to expect this. You're going to expect this. And then <laughs> uh, if, if you don't expect it, then, then shame on you. Right? It, you, you ought to be a little bit in the predicting game. If you can't predict it 10 years from now, I get that. But at the very least, ask yourself a question when it comes to, let's say, the child prostitution law, what it might look like on the streets of Los Angeles, San Francisco, and other, other cities in, in California, what it might look like two years hence. How about that? Okay, now the law is fully kicked into gear. Are we going to have more children on the streets or fewer children on the streets? 
And, and you really should be able to answer that question. And, and one other question before it, the question must be asked, and I, I find this a very necessary question. You have to ask yourself, are children on the streets engaging in prostitution, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. And then you and I, of course, conclude, because it's obvious, a bad thing. Right. Then the next question, well, are more children on the streets engaging in prostitution or less children on the streets engaging in prostitution right. a better or a worse right. thing? Right. See, it's, so, it's, too, it's, too, it's yeah, too easy. It's too easy. It's too easy. Uh, and all these same questions, every single one of them, when they came up, I mean, I, I had uh, a couple of conversations with a couple of people when this law was kind of announced, uh, the, the child prostitution law. And I said, I think that there are going to be some bad consequences to this. And, they, uh, and my liberal friends who retorted saying, what are you, you're, you're just so wrong on this, and this is not the way it is, and it's just good to get them off the streets. Like, no, they're not going to be, they're no, going to be more. on than, the street, not off be, the streets. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know where they think otherwise. And, and then, but, but the same conversation every single time. When it comes to a new liberal law, whatever it is, it's just so clear. When you when you have sanctuary cities, there there's another example we didn't even mention it. Sanctuary cities, like this notion that somehow the the, the illegal immigrants who are in the city they're not they're going to be left alone. Thank you very much. Uh, if they get arrested for a different crime, well then you know we'll arrest them, but we won't ask them about their immigration status. We'll treat them as if they're a full blown citizen, and that. And then you ask, do you think that having a sanctuary city might encourage more illegal immigrants into the city or fewer illegal immigrants into the city? It's really binary. Or is it exactly the same? Well, pretty much the same. Uh, Really? Okay, you're an illegal citizen and uh, an illegal um, alien alien coming into, you've crossed the border, and all you know is that San Francisco is a sanctuary city. I'm heading straight there the yeah. way the gambler heads to Vegas. That's, that's, and, and, that's what you do. Yeah, and, and even even more granular, um, there's a uh, park. We're near the Santa Monica, West L.A. border. There's a park called the Douglas Park right. in a nice, tony area of Santa Monica. Let's just do a thought experiment, or a quick one, and say if they turned the Douglas Park into a needle park and said to the heroin addicts, shoot up in this park, right. would that be better or worse for the children who play at the pond in the playground there, <laughs> or well, right, are you going to get more heroin addicts and vagrants? Well, that's or the fewer? that's the first question, and then will it have an impact on the children? Yeah, yes, of course. And will you have more sex crimes and all that? Right. So I guess it does affect the children. I think it might affect the children. Yeah. So, um, and that reminds me of a, a a ballot measure that was I think about eight years ago, and somebody was running for mayor of Santa for Santa Monica. And his great proposal was that, you know, there was a homeless problem in Santa Monica. He recognized that. They all recognized that. And so how do you deal with that? Well, you're going to build a, a big shelter and provide it so that they'll be off the streets and they'll have homes with a capital H, don't you know? And then they won't be homeless anymore and things will be wonderful. Okay. So sure enough, they, they started doing this. And, and just, just by the ballot measure being alone, and they knew that it was going to pass, so you have this flood of new homeless. Right. It's not as if they're saying only for the Santa Monica homeless. Thank you very much. Nobody thought this through. No, it's nationwide. So now we have more homeless than ever. Yes. Surprise. And and the building never got built. Of course, it goes without saying because the residents wouldn't stand for it. So yeah. it just 
even even the liberal residents who are nearby, you know, the not in my backyard right. approach. <laughs> yes. they, they they wouldn't stand when it's actually reality in their face. Then then they're suddenly very reasonable. Right. Think globally, act locally, but not in my neighborhood. <laughs> but not my. Thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> anyway, okay. uh, I I ask you know Dennis Prager says it very well. The minute that a liberal starts thinking about consequences is the minute that he's on the road toward conservatism. And, and it always made sense to me, and I see it more and more uh, with time, that if you do think about consequences, and that's why every time there's a new law, the first question I ask is, are the consequences, are any of the consequences bad? And, and it's, it's like you're, you're asking a cat to speak Chinese all of a sudden. It just, it ain't going to happen, right? But to them, you know, the, the Chinese are saying, well, I mean, the cat is saying, what, what do you want from me? Because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't compute, Right? Are there any consequences? Why, why are you even asking me that question, Mr. Lurie? It, it, that the law says it's going to do X. So that's what it's going to do because it says so. <laughs> and only racist, to them, only racists ask, use the C word, right. consequences. Right, that's the C word. <laughs> All right. But, but I'll leave it at that. And, and, and it's, it's no more different than each of you going ahead and clicking that, that virus email proposing to you that you're going to get you know, fantastic returns on your money if you just give your bank account information and your social security number. Everything will be just great, okay? Or if you, if, if, uh, you can give a lot of money to this, uh, this poor guy who got lost in uh, you, you know, the, the Czech Republic and he doesn't have any money, all right? Or the Nigeria guy, right? There's always the Nigeria guy. But, but, but you're cynical about that, right? Why aren't you cynical about laws? You should be just as cynical. But you're not. And the day that you you do so, my liberal friend, is the day not only that you become a conservative, but it's the day that you grow up. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.